0: Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God.
1: This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest.
0: Your hermitage of the heart.
1: Your monastery of the mind, where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven. To draw on the wisdom of the saints, not the heretics, the wisdom of the saints, and the doctors of the church to help us navigate this tumult of life. And so, today we have Q and A on uh, false teachings, on prayer, and the interior life, and heretical stuff. And um, so, the first question is very interesting because it has a connection to my own past. Hmm. I stumbled across a book by a priest named Father Miguel Molinos who seems to teach some pretty strange things. Are you aware of this book and is he off? Uh, And this is why we named the show uh, Heretics because he was a heretic. He was a 16th century, what was called a quietist. Mm. And so these are people who valued mental prayer very much, but because of demonic deception, they tended to drift away from the sacraments uh, because they felt like they were elevated enough. And so always in the presence of God, they didn't need the sacrament. Sometimes they taught that they tended to um, uh, not take sin very seriously, which is very interesting parallel to non-Christian Eastern spirituality. But they, they would say, well, my spirit is pure. So if my body is doing these you know, bad things, it doesn't really have an effect. Wow right I know wow so he uh, was uh, right so he was formally condemned as a heretic so th- my own connection though is I stumbled across his writings on aridity when I was a Protestant that are actually actually helped me now I, that doesn't mean I recommend his works whether or not it helps you doesn't matter you know there are people who are helped by false teachers and once you realize they're false you set them aside and you know that the Holy Spirit met you where you were and 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 he helps you, not that person. So, so anyway, um, yeah. And it and it led me to Saint Teresa of Avila eventually, and then into the Catholic Church. So, mm-hmm. um, but I have no love for Father Molinos. God rest his soul. God have mercy on his. He soul. he was an incredibly arrogant dude, and spread a lot of bad stuff. And he was rightly condemned uh, in the in this in the 17th century, 16th century. Mm-hmm. So the next question is: Is centering prayer Catholic? kind of a simple question. Right. You know what made you know what made me laugh about that question? Why? It's actually the title of a book. Right. That we promote. <laughs> yeah. You, now, you had an interesting experience with this book one time, didn't you? I don't know. If I, I
0: I did. Yeah, we were doing, by the way, a marriage retreat
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: in a very large uh Lone Star state to our west and uh <laughs> a certain Lone Star state to our west and at the book table, we were putting out everything, and I was talking to those that were helping us. And a woman came up and saw the book, started flipping through it, and then started to argue and confront me about it.
1: Like an inch away from your nose, she did. She me.
0: she did get up into my personal space, and I, I don't know my my private pri, my per, my past experience. As um, a Catholic school principal and as a school administrator, it makes me kind of uh, unshakable sometimes. So thankfully, it didn't rattle me. Yeah, or make you, were me uncomfortable. you were very You were very kind. Yeah, it's like, ah, you know, whatever. Um, but I did try to love her in it, and uh, I I actually gave her the book, and she threw it back at me um, onto the table. So if if your <laughs> first reaction to the question is centering. Uh, prayer Catholic, uh, is one of violence and confrontation and anger. Um, that might be an answer to your question Right. that it's not leading you closer to God, that you're not finding p- his peace, true yeah. peace, um, that you're not truly finding him or communing with him in your prayer. Um, it's something else. And so it's not yeah. a good sign.
1: Yeah. And, and just to be like sensitive to mm-hmm. people, and to be deferential and all mm-hmm. that a lot of people do desperately want to know peace and to know absolutely
0: God. even the people who look into the occult
2: yeah desperately
0: right. are they're looking for something someone yeah it's just leading them someplace else
1: yeah and and uh, you know so we're not condemning them in fact i wouldn't you know want to just encourage you if you if you're in the centering prayer realm read the book is centering prayer catholic and it's uh, by um, Connie Rossini and forward by Dr. Anthony Lillis. And I, I can say as someone who's been working with scholars uh, for years on this, on these projects, and, and I mean the highest level of scholarship, Connie is dead on target. And the book is 100% accurate to Catholic teaching, is Centering care P- 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 Prayer Catholic.
0: Can you give us a synopsis, you know, beloved spouse? Like, uh, why? I mean, it,
1: it's it's not. I mean, it, why it, why is th- it not Catholic? Gosh, that's a whole show or two. But fundamentally, it takes uh, Father Thomas Keating is the you know the the guru of it all, and he he had a very pantheistic um, view of God. He was trying to help people in the 60s and 70s who were Christians who were drifting off to the east. And so he had a Buddhist come teach at his, you know, at his retreat center and he just did some really foolish things. And he was incredibly poor formed in th- theology and philosophy. And so when he compared experiences in the non-Christian realm to experiences in the Christian realm, he did not have the formation to differentiate the two. Mm-hmm. And so then he just spent the rest of his life rationalizing and proof texting. Oh, this is what Teresa said. And this is what you know, Zen Buddhism teaches, and they're the same when it's just not possible. So it teaches that, um, you can come to, uh, contemplative prayer through basically Buddhist means, um, of sitting, uh, breathing techniques, you know, with an intention, with an intentionality mm-hmm. and repeating a sacred word. That's the method. Mm-hmm. Um, he teaches that you can be, that you are God. And, and, you know, I always get people, you know, there'll be people in the com box saying, well, you ever, you just don't understand. You ever read his works? <laughs> Decades with scholars, a decade, a decade with scholars. I own every single book he's ever written. Um mm-hmm. super familiar with his works. And, and it, it's not that I don't understand it. It's that most Catholics, you know, a lot of Catholics will say this. I've been a Catholic for 300 years and I read it and I didn't find anything wrong with it or I'm a deacon in the church and, you know, and I just want to say, God bless you. You were formed in the worst, one of the worst times in the church. Yeah, we were well, right. <laughs> well, I at least I was yeah. because
0: I grew up Catholic, and, terrible formation, you know, it,
1: and it's hard to discern because one of the things about uh, father Keating and contemplative outreach in particular, they used language that sounds orthodox, but their definitions are different, which I think is disingenuous and deceitful, frankly, mm-hmm. But uh, and and that's the hardest thing about his writing. You have to read a lot of his writings to really understand what he's saying. Um, it and and understand that when he when he speaks of God, he isn't speaking of the same God, you know, the Blessed Trinity that the average Catholic is, because he teaches you become God. I mean, one of his summaries of the interior life. He was asked. You can find this on YouTube. He says, you know, the beginning of the interior life is or spiritual life is. You realize there is another, and then step two, you want to become the other, and then step three, realize there is no other. Yeah. That means now we have no creature, uh, creature, creator great, distinction. Great. You're God. He's a pantheist or a a, 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 a monist. Um, so anyway, that I, I read the book, Connie Rossini. Yeah, no, that a, was great. I think that okay.
0: gave a little bit of a synopsis for people to at least understand yeah. why the question, the answer to that question is
1: no. Right. The next question. Father Ron Rollheiser says we should pray hate and pray murder. What is that about? Is this in keeping with tradition? He also says in the same book that the devil is a psychological construct. They didn't list the book, but I think the book is called Prayer, Our Deepest Longing. I think is, if I remember mm. right, because mm. I did read it. He did say the devil is a psychological construct, mm. which is a really unfortunate. I'm not calling him a heretic Um, but I wouldn't in a million years recommend anything he's ever written on prayer. No, not,
0: not at all. Yeah. Uh,
1: we, I had a scholarly review done of that book and it's, it's quite, it's, it's quite disturbing. Um, you know, I think just like Keating, there's good intention there, but just too much of a departure from our tradition. Um, I, he's just not somebody I, I would recommend, um anyone read who's looking for faithful Catholic content.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you want to, especially for us, the idea that the enemy is a psychological construct is laughable.
1: Well, I mean, who's um, Jesus talking about in the wilderness? Right. Or is the story just made up? Right. So Jesus is not, or the story is just made up. I, I, I don't know how you deal with, I don't know. You know, I just think that that's incredibly yeah. foolish. Um, What is the difference between non-Christian Eastern prayer and authentic Catholic prayer. Jesus. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, honestly, seriously, right. Let's not forget to talk about Hezekiah's tradition and the Jesus prayer as an example, but the um, non-Christian Eastern prayer is, is obsessed with method. So sit, breathe, you know, hold your shoulders a certain way. I, I always talk about this one show I watched with a I think there's a father John Main or brother John Main. I can't remember if he's a priest or not. And it's the, his method is being touted as this wonderful thing by secular news station, which ought to give you a, a signal that it's a problem. That's a yeah. problem. Yeah. And so he to teach these students how to pray, he's walking through the class, and and he and he he has this sort of erudite way about him, and he to help someone one of the students pray, reaches over very mystically and adjust their shoulder blades back a sixteenth of an inch, thereby making them receptive. All their chakras aligning. (laughs) It's really, it's really, I mean, sorry to make fun, but it's so stupid.
0: Yeah. And I think really one of the points that needs to be made is that we can't by method receive Contemplative prayer because contemplative prayer is a gift. Yes, right. it's a gift from God. Yeah, we can prepare ourselves by it, we yeah. can make avail ourselves yeah. through Christian meditation yeah. and spending time in prayer, silence, and an and attentiveness, sacred time, sacred space, sacred attention into the deep. Anyone, mm-hmm. um, we can do those things, but in the end, contemplative gift uh, contemplative prayer is a gift, not something we quote unquote quote, do or manufacture. Yeah, right.
1: Well, and you're you're pointing, you know, you're pointing out a lot of the difference between non-Christian East and, and the and our our tradition. If I would to simplify it down to its most basic concept, non-Christian East is looking to manage thoughts and manage the the situation. The the Christian tradition, Catholic tradition is to fill the heart and mind with God, Mm -hmm. to fill the heart and mind with the beloved other.
0: Which has a profound effect. And I think maybe when we get back, we should talk about that effect, because uh, I do have a specific example of someone who was doing the non-Christian Eastern thing, Mm -hmm. and the effect on the person was quite um, disturbing. Yeah. And what happened to it in the fallout in the family.
1: So I think it's fascinating. Let's do that when we get back from the break. We'll be right back.
2: Discover more and apply today at avila-institute.org.
1: This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome back to Divine Intimacy Radio, where we're talking about prayer (laughs) That's great. (laughs) False teachers on prayer. We're not calling all these people heretics. With the the first question, it was... No,
0: I thought it was a playoff of politics, prayer I thought that was kind of funny.
1: Heretics and prayer. I know, but yeah. Yeah. So the first guy we talked about was a heretic. I'm not uh, the church is the one who determines who's heretic, not Dan Burke. So the rest of these were just talking about problems. So before the break, we were talking about non-Christian Eastern mm. um, prayer. what what was the, what happened?
0: Catholic family. Yeah, married in the church, participating in the sacraments. Um, the wife was very devout and becoming more and more so. she was she was really having a transformation, uh, going deeper into prayer, leaning in to the teachings that we were offering, Mm -hmm. um, back in those days at at spiritualdirection.com and through radio and events and stuff. And her husband began to practice, uh, non Christian, Eastern spirituality spirituality meditation. She was very concerned. She approached me about it. We talked about it. I explained what the problems were. She did try to talk to him about it. He became very angry. Mm -hmm. Um, very, um, aggressive turned out while he was doing this non-Christian Eastern meditation thing. Um, he was also having an affair with a neighbor and, and it just devolved into absolute chaos with him leaving his extraordinarily beautiful wife and their children and devastating that family. It, It was just such a sad thing because he was dead set that that meditation was helping his, him. It was helping him and bringing him closer to God while he was simultaneously having an affair. A real indicator that he wasn't meditating on Jesus. He wasn't leaning uh, into a relationship with God and the Blessed Trinity, but rather was in some sort of demonic. manufactured demonic silence yeah. that opened a door. A, a gateway, really, to hell for him and his family. That's I pray that that's changed. That there's been a reversion or something. I don't keep in touch with the family anymore, but uh, it was just a devastating, real indication of this is problematic. And and that's not the only one. It's been story after story after story of how people get involved in Buddhism, yoga, etc., um, the non-Christian Eastern thing religion, and they just end up getting lost in it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's back to your other mm-hmm. thing where you got confronted. I, I would say the most violent uh, reactions that I get when I teach or whatever, the most, uh, violent might be, the most, yeah, negatively dark, energetic
0: Aggressive stuff, in some of it, yeah.
1: Very aggressive. Well, you get that woman right in your face are from those who practice you know, these, these false teachings. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is because the peace that they feel because it does produce a kind of false peace is is rooted in the demonic Mm -hmm. and so as soon as the demon is exposed with the truth it incites the person to come after you like it's just it's crazy to watch but same thing happens with yoga uh, and other non-christian eastern practices people just go nuts over Mm it back to the question what's the difference between non-christian eastern prayer and authentic catholic prayer it's non-Christian East is obsessed with method. They have no concern about uh, morality and relationship, which is an example of your, your, that situation that happened to that woman at your, at your school. Um, so they, the other thing is they conflate terminology. They'll often conflate meditation and contemplation and they try to overlay it with Christian terminology. And, you know, people say, well, you know, father Keating is just using the Hezekiah tradition. And I want to say, Okay, listen, I've worked with a Hezekast scholar. He actually works for us at the Aval Institute, Dr. Joel Barstadt. He's a Byzantine priest and a scholar, and he's he's been the rector of a seminary. And I asked him one day, I said, What's the difference between centering prayer, which he was familiar with, and the let's say the Jesus prayer and Hezekast prayer? He said, Hesekasts actually pray. He, they're actually talking to Jesus. So repeating a word is not prayer. I mean, and in, in, of course, in in Scripture, Jesus, when they said, teach him how to pray, teach us how to pray. He said, you know, first he said a positive thing. Then he said a negative thing. He said, don't pray like the pagans do. Mm-hmm. What? how, how much don't more babble? Do, don't. Yeah. I mean, wh- how much what, what more else do we need? It is a direct violation of Jesus teaching to go to Buddhism or other uh, non-Christian groups mm-hmm. to learn to pray. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reason people justify it is they mis- misinterpret Nostra Tate from the Second Vatican Council, which was the declaration on non-Christian Eastern religions, where it says, whatever is good, we should acknowledge it. It doesn't say whatever is good, we should go chasing after it, but it says it's a reflection of a ray. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's not even the substance of the thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I think really, because I I don't know how many people actually know about Nostra Aetate. Yeah. Um, I think at the core of it is... We have had generations of, of, in, of parishioners, of people in our church that have been lost by poor catechesis. They are searching for God. And so when one of these teachers presents themselves, one of these books ends up in their pew or at their church because they're being passed out by somebody or a, a, a malinformed priest or whatever. They, they think, oh, finally, I have this longing in me and I'm going to find right. an answer here. So the desire for prayer, the desire to be one with God is innately created in each of us. It's a good desire, yeah. but we need to stay within the confines of what is good and holy and right and, and proper and, within, and in keeping with what Jesus taught us and what Holy Mother Church teaches us in order to stay safe. We must stay safe within Holy Mother Church. When we start to step out, then we're putting ourselves in danger.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I totally agree with that. Um, next question. I'm reading a book by Father Richard Rohr. He seems to teach that we should empty our minds in prayer. Is this, is this, the, is this right? I mean, just to summarize the question. He, I would say, uh, is one of the worst. Um, what, the other day, I listened to a video of his where he was equating Buddhism and Christianity and just some of the weirdest, weirdest stuff. I mean, I, his his he is is off the rails. I mean, if there I like I said, I'm not one to call anyone a heretic. That's the church's job. Uh, it wouldn't be a hard label to put on uh what he teaches. I'm it's shocking that he's in good standing. that's you know, people say, Well, how can you say that against a priest who's in good standing? It's like, well, there's plenty of priests who are in good standing who are off the rails. It's just the church has lost, lacked its, lost its will to discipline, and doesn't care about it. Some in our time, some, yeah, um, as well. I mean, we just had a serial abuser uh, set free by the Vatican. So Richard Rohr is 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 the worst of the worst. Um, I would <clears throat> I would just toss it. It's good if you have a birdcage and you need some lining. That would be a good use of that book. My wife's going. You were so imprudent. It's just that bad. I mean, it's just, you know. Welcome to my world, folks. Not Catholic. All right. Oh, this is worded a little funny here. Why do some authors seem to use the word, use contemplation in the same way as if there is no difference? I thought there was a big difference. Well, you're right. There's a big difference. So there's two camps that do this. One is Orthodox and one is not. The Ignatian tradition, unfortunately, Orthodox Ignatian tradition, unfortunately, uses the two terms interchangeably. The Carmel- what
0: two terms, meditation, uh, meditation and, and contemplation.
1: contemplation. Okay. The Carmelite tradition reserves meditation. I mean, contemplation for that you, you described it earlier. Stephanie, the gift, the, the gift, the higher order. Okay. Um, and I and and somebody might say, well, how do you choose between the two? Well, I would say, Ignatius is not a doctor of the Church. John of the Cross is, Teresa of Abel is, Therese of Lisieux is, you know. Stay
0: with the doctors of the stay church. Stay with the doctors of the church. Not only that, when when you receive the gift of contemplation, you will know and there will be no question. So it's it's not like, you know, if, if you're not really sure if you've had if you've had the gift of contemplation or not, then you haven't had it.
1: Well, and I, I will say, look, you know, an easiest the easiest way to understand it is. If you're still in habitual mortal or venial sin, it's not likely you've known contemplative prayer in a substantive way. You may have had some tastes, mm-hmm. some encouragement, encouraging movements from God, but in, and if you haven't practiced mental prayer, meditation for every day, every daily, day for years, persevering past habitual mortal and venial sin, right. it's not likely um, that you really understand experientially what it is. Mm-hmm. Though the Lord does encourage us. The other way that it's used in an orthodox sense is pre-sixteenth century. the The terms didn't have as much clarity as they did post-sixteenth century because of the Carmelite doctors. So, you might even hear Doctor Lillis talk about kind of contemplation. He's completely orthodox, in a little, but <clears throat> the worst use is among you know what were the praritics who make no distinction. You know, they're the the folks who are constantly distorting prayer, like Father Thomas Keating, Father Richard Rohr um, Father Ron Rollheiser. Okay. Um, and by the way, I hate talking negative and using names, but I think, and and I can't even remember the last time we've done anything like this and done that, but people ask and they're struggling and, and, and if we can teach in a definitive positive way, but sometimes it doesn't go far enough because they don't know who to just say, no, I'm not going to read any of that. Mm-hmm. Well, you there's
0: know. a list of trusted authors,
1: right? There is uh, that Connie Rossini put together. Uh, she publishes that on authentic contemplative prayer in uh, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can find it. And they're just authors that she has researched and she's as trustworthy in, as the Down day as well. to the minutiae. Down to the minutiae. It can be trusted. Yeah. Totally true. Um, okay. So why? So they, so yeah, that's why. Uh, so oh, we're going to get, let's see if we have any t- more time. Uh, So we're about, we're about ready to head out of time, but I think um, I'll let you answer this last question, Steph. It feels like I'm accomplishing nothing in prayer. How do I know if I'm actually praying or not? Those are really two different things. Mm.
0: Well, okay. So I'll answer it a different way. The question is, am I actually praying? Am I growing in holiness? Two ways. Um, Are you growing in virtue? And ask somebody close to you if you're growing spiritually. Chances are, if you are not growing in virtue, and if you are not becoming more loving, more giving, more, you know, self-denying and and growing in virtue, then the prayer is probably not authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're spending a lot of time in prayer and uh, your use on the internet, who you are at work and at church and school or whatever out in the world is all different, then you're not authentically growing in virtue. Um, so- Virtues really virtue, i.e., love and humility, is really is the ultimate measure of whether your prayer is authentic. Yeah,
1: and if you're if you're in the Gospels and you're seeking to know Jesus, and you're talking to Him about it, that's prayer. I mean, Mm -hmm. just you know, be at peace with that. Read into the deep my book. Uh, Check out my series. It's called Into the Deep. It's free. You can find it out on spiritualdirection.com. A five-part, high-quality film series that you can get. Watch to understand all these questions and so you can grow in holiness. And with that,
0: until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.